Hello, and welcome to episode 918 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, April 20th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I am well. Um, it's 420, so I hope you're high as hell. Uh, you know me. Uh, I'm always... No, no, I'm just not even going to... No. I, uh, no. I'm, uh, 16 years sobriety on so the, of this upcoming Sunday, so... Let's go. That's yeah. huge. Not getting That's high huge. today. Good, good. Or ever. We're done. Yeah, yeah, done pretty with much. That. That's good. Love to hear it, uh, but we are going to talk plenty of baseball. Let's just dive right in, because we got plenty of news and notes to cover. Uh, some interesting players, some folks who are struggling, surging, injuries. Let's just start with Danny Duffy, though, because... He lost, didn't matter, dropped his ERA to .50. He was quite dominant in the loss. Uh, he gave up two unearned runs in the 4-1 to loss to the uh, Rays. So he throws essentially six scoreless since they were unearned uh, for our purposes with uh, four hits, two walks, eight strikeouts. He's out of his mind right now. Are we seeing anything from Danny Duffy that has us thinking that there's uh, some viability here long term? Uh, yes and no. I mean, his like his his velocity's up. Uh, throwing the slider a little bit more. He's still giving up a lot of contact. It hasn't been hard contact, which is good, but it's it's contact in the air. I worry as it starts to heat up that he's going to have problems with home runs, uh, and so that has me just a little bit kind of tentative in terms of you know. I like everything else he's kind of doing, but mm -hmm. I do worry about kind of the blow up potential. I also worry about kind of Duffy's track record. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I wrote about him last night in the road. Right up. It was very, uh, um, very ambivalent. Um, that, that was our, that's our new word here on, yes. uh, on the sleeper on the bus. So, <laughs> uh, I, like I, I saw like a bunch of people like running the waiver wire this week and grabbing him, and uh, I think this was a good week to stream him to start week. Uh, Tampa Bay is really struggling. I think I'm kind of, I think I probably roll with the hot streak for a little bit, uh, and and hope that I don't get crushed. But I do worry that at some point he's gonna get crushed and it, it's gonna hurt. Yeah, I mean, a 91 left on base rate for Duffy will not last, but he's up about a tick and a half to 93.6. He's missing bats at a really strong clip, not only with the strikeout rate, but the supporting swinging strike rate as well, jumping up to 13%. That's up two full points, which is pretty good. Solid walk rate. Nothing, nothing you know, elite lives in that 8 9% range, which is no problem, especially when you're missing bats like this. We've seen flashes from Duffy throughout his career. I mean, he's 32, year old, 32 years old. He, he kind of is who he is, though, and, and you know, you're looking at the .5 ERA and, and loving it, but you see a 389 Sierra, and that should bring you back down to earth. Um, if you're buying him, I think you should be hoping to pay for that Sierra, hoping that you're getting a 389 ERA with, with some strikeouts the rest of the way. I think that, that's, that should be the high end of what you're expecting the rest of the way. You mentioned spotting him this week. To start, that totally plays. But I do wonder, um, you know, where the, where the long term is with him. And I, I could certainly see him getting back. He has three straight years over a four ERA. I'm not sure I've seen enough to suggest that he's not headed back up there at some point this year. Yeah, I, I definitely think this is like more. I think he's more of like a low fours, like four twenty type of. ERA kind of guy and the XERA is, you know, 434 and you, you already said the Sierra is, uh, you know, kind of close to that as well. The nice thing is he's not walking a ton of people, right? We yeah. haven't, we haven't seen him like lose his command completely, which is something that we have seen from him, the, him, him in the past. So I'm like tentatively like, okay, I'm just going to keep going, but it's it's not a guy that I'm kind of like setting and forgetting. It's definitely yeah. start to start, uh, looking at the schedule, the Central's a good place to pitch, uh, the Royals are, are starting off somewhat hot, so it, it's not a bad team to be pitching on right now, and you know, Kaufman's a great place to pitch, so um, I'm liking it so far, but like I said, I'm, I'm definitely keeping a close eye because I feel like this one could turn at any moment. Yeah, I think that all makes a, a lot of sense with regards to Danny Duffy. You picked him up. Obviously, you're enjoying 
uh, part one of the two start this week. Keep them in the lineup. Keep it going. But, uh, you know, be ready to pull the plug if you see things start to really tail off from what uh, what he's doing right now. On the other end of the spectrum in terms of performance right now is Keston Hira. He is struggling badly. Uh, the plate skills that he had that he's had throughout his career continue to plague him with a 36% strikeout rate that a 9% walk rate just cannot counterbalance. He's at 128, 268, 234, just abysmal. Yeah, 192 Babbitt should certainly go up um, as he kind of goes through the season. Uh, so I'm not exactly suggesting that he's, he's 128 average the rest of the way, but he's clearly got some troubles going on because you also add in last year, which was – very bad uh, for here. And so now we have 302 plate appearances of a 197, 291, 379 with that same 35% strikeout rate. It does have 14 homers and four steals in that time. Um, and then, you know, if you're expecting him to get 600 plate appearances, can we double it though? I'm not, I don't know if we even can because is he going to, first off, he's going to keep getting enough playing time to get to that kind of uh, height with a 600 plate appearance. Does he really have that power still? And is he even going to run? Because he was three for two on the bases last year. He is one for one so far this year. But I've got some concerns with Keston Hira that uh, were there in the offseason, in draft season. I wasn't really trying to jump on board here. And obviously nothing in the first 14 games has assuaged those fears for me. So I still think it's too early to cut, even as somebody who's pretty negative on Hira. But what are we what are we doing here? Do you do you dare bench him if you have another option? How are you handling Keston Harris' struggles as they continue from last year? I mean, I guess if you have a viable option, you can bench him. But how many people right now with all the injuries have a viable option? Fair. Like, I mean, are you really going to bench him for Josh Harrison? I mean, I did do this in a league. That's why ride, I ride, ride that hot hand, baby. Yeah, I actually did this in a league. I just was like, you know what, Keston, I'm sending you a message. You're hitting the bench, and Josh Harrison's going in. I'm, I'm with it. Um, with. Yeah, I think you bench him and kind of hope for the best, uh, or that he that he turns it around. Uh, I mean, I will say that um, more recently he's been. Uh, I mean, a little bit better at least, uh, he, and he's he's walking. He, he's walking, you know, more. So, which is I think a good sign, right? Like he's maybe being a little bit more patient at the plate uh, after I think starting for over, you know, like fifteen. Uh, or start. is he just going up there and trying to take walks to get up base? Hey, you know what? I'll take that. Uh, at least, you know, I mean, I don't know, man. He looks like an absolute mess, and he, he's yeah. Like it's I I I'm, I hope the Brewers give him a chance to work out of it because I think he is a better hitter than this. Um, you know the swing percentage is down a little bit, uh, so maybe he's trying to be a little bit less aggressive. But the contact rate, man, the contact rate is below sixty percent again for like the second season in a row. Yep, and uh, that especially in the zone when you've got an in zone contact rate of sixty one and a half percent. It's impossible. That's, yeah, that's just not going to play at the majors. Uh, I don't care. How, I mean, that's Rugnetto Door territory. Um, that's what it's kind of looking like right now, and I'm not even sure if we're going to get the speed to go with it. Uh, like I said, because he kind of stalled out on the bases last year, Keston Hero did. He started at, at the top of the order, batting top four through the first seven games. Uh, but over the last nine, over the last eight games, excuse me, He's only been in the top four of the order three times. Otherwise, it's been sixth and fifth, uh, fifth the last two days. So, you know, they're, they're starting to move him down as well. And obviously that will will cut into his playing time. But maybe that's what he needs to just kind of maybe take some pressure off of batting second, thinking that he has to get everything back all at once, just go down to fifth, sixth, and, and hopefully settle in, you know. Like I said, even though I didn't draft him anywhere or anything like that, it's not like I'm rooting against him. I just had major concerns about these plate skills, and that's exactly what's coming to fruition right now. I, I got a question for you. So prior to the start of the season, I made a bet with our buddy Mike Curland okay. um, that uh, he he was, you know, I, I was down on Mar uh, on Kettle Marte, uh, and he was, you know, like a lot of people in the industry, very high on Kettle Marte. 
And so we just picked a random player like that would that I thought would do better end of season than Marte. And Keston Hira was the guy we landed on. Oh, you're in so much trouble. Kettle Marte isn't even playing, and I think I could still lose this bet. Uh you're 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 deep you're dead. You're like, dead. Like this is and Kettle Marte is not even playing. And yeah, you're, like, and you're smoked, dude. Like, is it possible that Kettle Marte doesn't play a game? rest of the way and i still lose this bet somehow <laughs> yeah, it feels like had, it he had 462 546 before he went out <laughs> with a couple of homers uh yeah obviously he's not done for the year but uh yeah i think you're in some some deep trouble even as Marte r- smooths out when he gets back and here you know bumps up at least a bit i think he at least gets to last year's levels but yeah you're you're in some big trouble there and i you know Marte was a miss um I'm I'm actually okay saying that even very early with Marte just because I don't know, man. I couldn't get there. We talked about it multiple times, and I just I was acknowledging that Eno was on him and other folks, and I feel like I feel like I just it's it's a stupid miss because given how adamant Eno was and how much I trust Eno's takes, I feel like that probably should have been enough for me. Plus, I like Marte, and I was like, I want him to be good. I was like, I don't know, dude. I'm just worried about the power. Well, I'm not. Blah blah blah. I'm not gonna. I mean. Like Marte could obviously come back, right? But last I read, like he's not—he hasn't even really started doing the baseball activities yet. Yeah, but uh, if he doesn't come back because of health, I, I'm not. No, I'm but not, that was my biggest concern on Marte was health. Oh, I, I don't really think that that was a well-founded concern, though. I, I was concerned about the performance. Agree to disagree. It's played out pretty, uh, pretty spot on. I mean, I guess like you—you you had him down for a hammy injury, did you? I had him down for he's finished the last two seasons with injuries. Yeah, I mean that's fine. If that if that, if, that, if you were worried about him for injury, he's hurt. And I mean, so, don't wrong. I was red like the day he got hurt. I literally said to you, you know, Jason, on our little text thing that I think I'm ready to take the L already on Marte. So, uh, I I mean, from a straight skills perspective, I think he's fine. But like, I, I do worry about just his overall ability to stay healthy, considering the last few years he has not been able to do that in spite of playing well. He was pretty great in 19, though, even in only in 144 games. I just saw the power dip back last year. I was like, I'm a little nervous at his top 100 pick. He was great in his six games. We'll see what happens when he gets back. Hopefully he gets back soon. But, yeah, Keston Hira. Are you cutting Keston Hira in a 10-teamer? Oh, um, I think I would definitely think about it. No, I'm not going to do it yet. It, it's, it's April 20th. I'm just, no, I'm not going to do that yet. Um. I definitely want to pick someone else up to make sure I've got, you know, even if it's like a, a Jed Lowry's, you know, widely available in a, uh, in a 10 teamer, you know, Kike Hernandez. Yeah. Kike Hernandez. Pretty available. Um, Donovan Solano. Uh, Continuing to hit. Yeah. Like at some point we're going to believe that what he's doing, right? Like it just. <laughs> Maybe he's so old that the fantasy community just keeps ignoring him. I, I just got him in a 15 teamer on NFBC. Like, He's just sitting oh, yeah. out there yeah. on the waiver wire. I'm like, yeah, he may not hit for a ton of power or, or steal a ton of bases, but he's just going to hit. That's all he's going to do. Like, I mean, Dude was like completely undrafted. Nobody nobody wanted him for anything. Um, and, and yeah, Donovan Solano just continuing to perform. Uh, all right, let's get into some injury news. One guy leaving, one guy coming back. Mookie Betts was hitting the forearm. He'll be reevaluated on Tuesday. It It didn't look major, but you never know. So we'll, you know. Kind of cross our fingers there. Something about being a, a number one pick this year puts you puts the crosshairs on you with Tatis, uh, Acuna, and Betts all, all having injuries or or at least injury scares. Um, I I hope nothing is is major here. Like I said, we'll kind of get more information on Tuesday. I think you saw this play when it happened as well. Mm-hmm. It didn't look like something that has me terrified, but. Again, you just never know how things will behave after some time overnight. He looked to be in a lot of pain, but they did yeah. let him just stay in the game. So I found uh, that slightly encouraging, you know? Yeah. I mean, typically, if you think a guy's broken his arm, <laughs> uh, you wouldn't let him run the bases in the ninth inning. Uh, Tony Lewis would. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Dave Four Roberts percent. would. He's like, Don't you know, we got to win this game, you know? Uh, it's and they April. didn't. Yeah, they no. lost. 
Um, so. Yeah, nothing actionable. Just kind of bringing it up. You, you sit, you sit and wait. Hopefully, nothing is the matter with him, and he gets back on track for for Tuesday. Because gives us a chance though to talk about like just the amount of injuries, and like we knew there were going to be more injuries on the pitching side, mm-hmm. but it just feels brutal on the hitting side right now. Really does, man. Like just injuries everywhere, and it's 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 frustrating. Um, because like that's that's not a skill based thing, and to lose because of that really hurts, right? You, you you we spend all this time putting together these teams and putting all this time and effort into them, and, and to have them derailed by injuries is really the most demoralizing thing about this game um, that we play. Like it it is it is so so frustrating. I I could and that's what's build, happening right now with a lot of teams. I could build a main event overall winning team with the just guys on the IL right now. Like it just like there's just like there are there are teams right now that are just and my TGFBI team is a great example of a team that's just decimated by injuries and like there's nothing I could have done uh you know to prevent that. It's just and I think a lot of people too. Yeah. Like it just it just sneaks up on you and then boom, you're injured. Yeah, it's uh it's been brutal and uh I definitely hope that people kept the larger ILs that a lot of team a lot of leagues instituted uh last year because of COVID because it is it is damn necessary right now yeah I I, I totally agree with that um you know and that's the tough part about the NFBC is there are no IL spots and so it can be difficult to kind of uh figure things out there as far as like who we want to use and what we want to do um and so you're starting to get into the area of difficult cuts. You know, the 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 Bobby Witts and Wander Francos of the world are on the clock this week and and probably even some last about, hey, I got to fill in a spot with somebody who can play. I might have to cut these guys. I was able to hold on to my Witt shares another week, but if if things don't go well this week and I, I get you a few injuries. You didn't in one league. Which one? In the Rotor Online Championship because oh yeah, I, I swooped him. Uh, yeah, I mean – Look, sometimes you got to move on. Sometimes you got to move on from a player, and um, I I don't know when Witt's going to come up. I I hope it's sooner than later, just because I want to see him play. But I, I, so I guess that was the one I had to cut him in. I can't remember who I got. It's probably the you know what I probably got the pitcher that was supposed to go in for Lance Lynn. How fun is that? <laughs> That's exciting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh no, did I cut him two weeks ago? Yeah, I think you cut him two weeks ago. Okay, because I was like, yeah, I didn't think I cut him at all this week. And then here I am cutting him, and you picked him up? What a jerk. Yeah. Why would you do that? Uh, just because I thought it would be fun to beat you in a league with your guy. Not a chance. Yeah. Sometimes I just make pickups out of spite. He's not coming up this year. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it said it was 5% chance. Uh, Kyle Lewis is going to be activated, coming back with a knee. And... Um, Hopefully he's coming back with two knees. Well, coming back from a knee. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, hopefully both are working because that would really help. Obviously get him back in your lineups. What are your expectations of him? Now, I found him falling in drafts to a degree that I was pretty surprised by because, I don't know, I thought he was kind of awesome. Like, I know he had the, the like, first half, second half split the way, um, the way uh, Luis Robert did, but they both had it. How come he was the only one who paid for it? I guess because Robert started higher, everyone was still taking him. But Lewis, I really had, I saw some like afterthought uh, behavior there. Like be- people were not really drafting him. He remained the highest outfielder on my list deep into drafts, and I ended up getting him in a couple others. I, I was passing. I was wondering if maybe I I had it wrong or something because he would just stick out like a sore thumb after a while, and. Obviously, he got hurt, but this was this was when he wasn't hurt or anything. So what's up with Kyle Lewis? He went in the 20th round of the league that you're just talking about right now, the uh, beat Colin Weatherwax 12-teamer that we had. Might have been hurt by then already, though. I'm not yeah, entirely he, yeah, sure. Yeah, he was. Okay, yeah, that would make more sense. But he was going in, like, teens rounds, and I, I was just surprised that seemingly there wasn't that much interest in Kyle Lewis, despite being a power-speed guy who has performed quite well in the majors thus far. Would have been a massive prospect if not for the devastating injuries he had on uh, on his way to the majors. What am I missing here? I mean, I think people were just one scared off by the just 
dramatic drop off in the second half last year. Um, and I mean, it was, I want to say, yeah, let's see, from uh, just the beginning of September on, he hit 147. Yeah, he had um, the, the one great month, one bad month yeah. breakdown. So, yeah, I mean, I th- I mean, talent-wise, if you could take injuries off, uh, you know, playing MLB The Show, I would be, uh, I'd be all over Kyle Lewis, because I think he's, I think he's probably a top 100 true talent player. The question is, I, I don't trust him to stay on the field. He just has not been able to do it over the course of his career, dating back to the minors, like you said. Uh, mm-hmm. He was probably like a top 25 prospect. That's what uh, I was saying. You could have gotten higher, I think. Yeah. Um, if he had just continued the trajectory of like a healthy mm-hmm. prospect, I I think he'd have been like a top 10 guy that we'd have been freaking out over. Yeah. And so like, I think he's, you know, a guy who's like a, you know, double digit walk rate, you know, strikeout rate's probably going to be around 30%. But in today's game, that, that doesn't matter as much. Like, I think he'd probably be like a 30, 10 guy if he got 600 plate appearances. I, just, I mean, I just don't think I'm comfortable saying that I think he'd get close to 600. Um, yeah. And so that that becomes a hard part, especially in leagues like NFBC um, that don't have an IL or even just in your regular leagues that do because, like we've said, like injuries are abound, especially this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it becomes hard to hold on to a guy like Lewis uh, when, you know, running isn't going to be a huge part of his game. We're talking probably five to ten stolen bases. Uh, and you're just worried about that on top of it, the cold snap that we saw at the end of the season from him last year. I mean, he just fell off so gigantically that it's, it's scary. So I understand why people weren't taking him. I wasn't taking him. I honestly don't even know if I got him in any leagues. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, I, I saw a discount or what I thought was one and jumped. I get the health concerns, but I think that was more than factored into the price, which is why I was I was interested in uh, in jumping on him. And uh, you know, I, I wonder if maybe I should have gotten him in more leagues. But uh, he's we'll one see. of those we'll guys. And I think like Tristan McKenzie was another one where, like, yeah, like he was like there were definitely some things to be scared about, but the price was in line with with the worries, right? Like you were getting him yeah. way cheaper than he would have been if uh you know on both those guys uh if they were healthy and you weren't worried about that's what i'm saying yeah exactly i don't have a problem with people who took that gamble yeah so we'll see how it pays off he'll be back hopefully he can hit the ground running could be a power speed guy and hopefully he just stays healthy i like kyle lewis i like watching him play and even without the fantasy investment i want to see him out there uh speaking staying with seattle they made you very angry yesterday um (laughs) Rafael Montero got the save yesterday, which isn't necessarily like the most noteworthy thing on its face, had it not been for the fact that just the day before on Sunday, everyone was bidding up Kendall Graveman and a little bit of Keenan Middleton, but but Graveman was the hot ticket item. Uh, you were part of that, and then they go right to Montero the very first day that you have Graveman. How do you feel about that? Dude, it's so infuriating. So... <laughs> Uh, I did three different podcasts yesterday. I did the TGFBI podcast, I did the Friends Fancy Benefits podcast, and then I was a guest on uh, the Roto Surgeon uh, podcast. And in all three of the podcasts, I mentioned the fact that my TGFBI team has zero saves, in spite of the fact I drafted six relief pitchers that I all oh thought could be in the mix for saves. Like It wasn't like, a oh, I missed out, so I didn't pay for saves. No, no, no. Yeah. I paid for saves, and I still have zero saves. That's uh, horrifying. The only save my team has gotten was on the bench from Nick Whitgren, um, and he's not closing. So, yeah, it's been brutal. So I spent a lot of money on Kendall Graveman, and I spent a lot of money on Rafael Delis uh, this last fad period. And I'm sitting there watching the game while I'm doing these podcasts, and uh, uh, Jose Marmolos takes... uh, uh, Dustin made deep on a pitch that I did not think anybody could take him deep on. Uh, and just, he just threw the bat head at the bottom of the zone and uh, was able to just knock it out on just like a straight line drive. I'm like, okay, 2-0 lead for the Mariners. Here we go. And I'm watching the game. I'm recording. I'm like, I'm going to get a save. I'm finally going to get a save. Oh, and, you no. know, I, I spent like, I want to say like close to 300 bucks on Kendall Graveman. 
and I'm finally going to get and And then they bring him in the seventh. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, no. I've it, made a huge mistake. It's, it's like buying a used car and being like, oh, I love this car. I've always wanted this car. This is a great car. And then, like, you're, like, about to pull into your driveway and it breaks it stalls. down. Stalls, yeah. And then catches on fire and you're like... <laughs> What is going on? Hey, um, but at least they threw him for an inning and two thirds, so that way he definitely won't go today. That's cool. <laughs> Good. I mean, I'm I'm obviously like you know this. It, it was brutal, um, and it's clear that they still want to give Montero a shot. But Montero, mm-hmm. even in this game, Montero didn't look good. You know, he hit Mookie Betts. He walked another guy. He's able to work around and get out of it, but. I, I, I'm holding on to my Graveman shares for a, a while. I think he is clearly the better reliever uh, right now. And I think at some point he will get this job. So uh, if someone in your league ends up dropping Graveman this week, I would swoop on that. I think that's fair. Yeah. I wonder, oh man, I wonder if, how many people are going to be like, Oh, this is the worst. I'm gonna freaking yeah. There, they're gonna be people who drop him because we saw yeah. this with like a bunch of people drop Jordan Romano um, this last week, uh, and he looks like he's gonna be back sooner. And then um, like the minimum, right? Yeah. So now that's Ooh. another situation in which I'm not dropping Dolis either. Like it's a, I'm just gonna I'm gonna hold on to Dolis because no. I don't trust uh, you know what's going on with uh, Romano and Romano's been a guy who struggled with health anyway. So, but. Yeah, in terms of Graveman, like I think if people drop him, that's going to be a mistake. I think uh, I think you should go and swoop if, if someone does, and there will be people who just rage drop him after this. Certainly, certainly, and like those of you in in daily move leagues, check to see if they've already done it. They may they may have already done it with Kendall Graveman, um, and and swoop get in there and swoop. Uh, let's stay with Seattle here and talk about Dylan Moore, uh, who's doing like a really sick Keston Hero impersonation with a 40 WRC plus and a 120 average. He was kind of like a, a cheaper Hero, not that much cheaper, but he's got the same exact things going on. Uh, plate skills that were concerning last year, but he, he kind of outran them. Uh, they've been exacerbated this year, 35% strikeout rate. He does have a 12% walk rate. Uh, he's shown he can take walks before, so 12% isn't terribly surprising. But that's about the only thing saving him right now. He has a homer and two steals. Dylan Moore was, you know, he was someone carrying risk. This does not end it and say, like, this is why you shouldn't have drafted him. But early on, he struggled big time. Does this alter your outlook on him, even though it's just 17 games of Dylan Moore? Not necessarily. Um, for for a number of reasons. One, uh, the Mariners don't seem to care. They're continuing to play him. They are moving him down, but they are playing him still. Yeah, so I mean, he's continuing to play, including uh, both ends of, of two double headers uh, in the last week. Um, I think he, uh, if the team has got that much confidence that he's going to work his way through it, then I, I'm going to kind of be a little bit more confident that uh, that that is possible. That being said, like I, I was worried about his profile coming into the season. Um, you know, I, I, I said like the the ceiling's super high, right? We, and we saw you know a bit of it last year, but the floor is a short side platoon player. Um, yeah, that's the concern. Yeah, I think he is being a little too passive at the plate. Um, yeah, probably leading to the spike in walks, but nothing else going right. Yeah, so his, that's what. Sorry, I was going to say, that's what I was worried about with Hira, too. You mentioned how he's walking more, and I just wonder if he's going up there looking for a walk just to feel what first base is like under his feet. Yeah, and I mean, I definitely need to dig in the numbers a little bit more, but just like things that are catching my eye right away is like first pitch strike rate is up, uh, pitchers are attacking him early, and his own uh, strike percentage is down uh, like 4%. Um, his called strike percentage is up 4%. I think he's just being a little passive, especially early in the counts. Um, because I mean, his contact rates are pretty close to in line with where he was last year. Uh, so I'm not, and, and he's not swinging outside the zone. Like he's, 
you know, his patience is allowing him not to, to swing and miss outside of the zone. So that's, that's a good sign. I, I think this is a bit of uh, being a little bit too passive the plate um, and being uh, fairly unlucky uh, when he is making contact. Uh, so I think he's going to turn this around. I definitely would not drop him. I, I don't even think I would bench him, really. I think he's... Okay. Uh, I th- they're gonna allow. It seems they're gonna like they're gonna allow him to work himself out of this. Um, yeah, the Mariners seem to be interested in keeping Dylan Moore firmly into the yeah. lineup. So, and I mean, even with Kyle Lewis coming back, like he's been playing mostly second this year. So, I think I think he's his lineup spot. He's probably dr- gonna continue to you know hit at the bottom of the order until he figures it out. But I think he will. Okay, I think that's fair. Um, you know, again with Hira and Moore, it's difficult to cut them. I think maybe 10-teamer, you, you you could if you really have to, but probably just bench them, get a replacement if you want, and then uh, and then wait to see where they're at. Got to give them maybe a little bit more time than just uh, just over two weeks. Dustin May, you mentioned him about uh, how Marmalejo's got that hit off of him, that home run. Uh, that was uh, uh, just a little bit of the damage. Like There was not much damage off of him against Seattle. They did lose that game. But it wasn't really May's fault. He pitched very well. Um, I mean, he gave up four runs, but three of them earned in five innings. But he had eight strikeouts. It was the two homers that kind of did him in with Marmalejos and Taylor Trammell. But he's been pitching brilliantly overall. And I think the biggest standout is, of course, the 34% strikeout rate uh, that has come with a 14% swinging strike rate. He found some bat missers. And um, I think that's the biggest question. That's definitely the biggest question I had. And I, I... I don't know. I actually should have looked it up to see if it was more of w- which pitch it was. Is it the is it the breaking ball that's that's getting all the strikeouts? Is it the cutter or the uh, the the sinker? Probably not the sinker. That was kind of the big issue for me with him was I haven't seen him miss bats. He doesn't have a bat misser, but he's kind of found one right now and he's been pitching brilliantly. Um, so those that bought in on on the come with Dylan Moore, or, excuse me, with Dustin May are feeling great. What say you about Dustin May's strikeout resurgence? Not not resurgence is a surge. Yeah, I mean he's relying on um, that curveball and that cutter to put away uh, uh, put away hitters, and it's it's beautiful right now. <laughs> like it's uh, and like he's not like he's a guy that will pitch to contact quite a bit. One of the reasons mm-hmm. why we were kind of a little bit more hesitant on him coming into the season. Um, but it, it's working right now and I don't see any reason, uh, to think that it's, it's not gonna continue to work. Um, and I'm a little bummed. I didn't get more shares. I thought he was going to the minors. I thought like he wasn't going to be a big strikeout guy. Uh, yeah. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I think that analysis checks out the fact that he, the cover curveball has really come on. I mean, that's awesome. And like, if you invested that, Hey, I mean, you, you got a huge dub right now. Um, you, you just bought the skills, not the role. Uh, folks are over 13 on the fastball right now. Um, and they're striking out a very nice 69% of the time against it, which is nine strikeouts. So he, he, I mean, that's he, nasty. You know what the batting average on the curveball is right now? Zero. It's zero. It's yeah, and, and oh, they're all for thirteen with nine strikeouts right now. It, it's absolutely insane. Um, and the cutter cutter isn't much uh, worse. One sixty seven average with a fifty percent strikeout rate in fourteen plate appearances. Uh, and so you know he's using like you said both those pitches as putaways. And I'm impressed. It's it, it's quicker development than I thought. And that was my big concern. That was my only concern was he had missed bats. Uh, even with the not having the rotation spot, I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm drafting Tony Gonsolin though. So I have to be intellectually consistent and say that if I didn't have those issues with May's um, ability to get strikeouts, I, I would have been taking him uh, just because, you know, again, I'll, I'll draft skills, not roles, especially with the Dodgers, but I, I didn't see this coming. And so it's been impressive to watch. I, I think there is definitely viability to it. And if he's arrived this quickly, he's a huge boon for those who are buying in because Dustin May was not that expensive. He was, you know, he, he had some some helium and he, he cost a price that is impactful to your team, but he certainly wasn't overpriced. Uh, even as somebody who wasn't particularly interested in him, I still wasn't like, oh, that's so egregious. I can't pay that. I just didn't see the swing and miss coming right away this year. Yeah. 
I I mean, yeah, it's just it's been so impressive to watch, uh, and I. I, I do, there is a little bit of uh, regret, you know, that I, I didn't buy in more. I, I got him in a few draft and holds when it looked like he was going to the minors uh, just super late because it's just price kept falling. But, uh, so we had him about the same coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had him 58. I had him 60. I won't hold you to a direct number, but where do you think you're moving him up to at this point? I mean, I think he's at least top 40, probably top 30 at this point. Yeah, I, I think 40 for sure. I'm I'm, th- I'm going to say early 30s off rip and then, you know, going through and making the, the adjustments and like, you know, moving Strasburg out of there because he's hurt and, and different things like that. Maybe he would get in the top uh, 25 even. But I'm going to say I'm going to say early 30s for sure right now for Dustin May. And I'll probably be doing an update uh, early May. So we have yeah, as well. You know, about about 10, 10, 12 days till we get to that. But yeah, he's he's definitely moving up, and I'm gonna stay tuned on him and keep watching because he's even though I don't have him anywhere, he's exciting baseball to watch. Dustin May looking like a breakout early on. Your favorite pitcher in baseball is returning. Your your favorite wannabe reliever, or at least you think he should be a reliever. <laughs> Denelson Lament returns Wednesday, and you know this is in uh, a little bit in the. Uh, at least I, I think so because of what I, I was thinking he'd be. This is a little bit in the Zach Gallant realm mm-hmm. in that I think this is a, a much earlier return than folks might have anticipated. Uh, and we saw how great Gallant looked. I wonder if uh, if Lamed can come back looking that strong. Uh, like I said, he returns this week. Do, are we expecting big things from him on Wednesday off rip? If it, Even if it's only like four innings, like, well, where do you expect him to be? I guess it's impossible to answer that fully, but where do you expect Nelson Lamette to be and you can't say the bullpen <laughs> well uh full disclosure uh in that same OC we're in I picked him up loser uh someone dropped him and I was all that's wild that's wild by the and way. I yeah. was like uh yeah I wouldn't have drafted him anywhere but off the waiver wire yeah. sure I'll, I'll take hey, the that, shot right that perfectly fits the everyone has a price right because you couldn't be more down on him relative to the market and the rest of the fantasy community and yet you see an opportunity like that yeah of course i I, i'll get him too i mean i don't know take my least favorite player in fantasy whoever that is i don't know put him on the waiver wire and probably going to give him a look yeah but i mean we know what the upside is we saw it last year yeah uh i have no idea what to expect um (laughs) Uh, but uh, my eyes will be glued to the TV on Wednesday when he starts. I, I want to see what his pitch mix is, like how fastball uh, reliant is he. Is he going to be afraid to throw uh, the, the slider, which is the, the devastating pitch uh, that he has? So um, does he use a third pitch at all? Uh, how deep in the game does he go? Uh, you know, What does his command look like? I don't think there's any way to know what we're going to get from him. And so I didn't start him this week. I knew he was going no, to no, be no, starting no. and he's on, he's on my bench right now. And I think that I think is right. probably the right call. I didn't start Gallon in his first week back. I'm not starting Lamette. No, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go so far as to say it is the right call. Like I'm not going to go hindsight on it. Even yeah. if he goes like four scoreless or if he keeps the pitch count in order and gets five and just dominates. I still think your smart move would be to sit him uh, against a Brewers team that that can do some damage. Now I don't think the, they're not going to have Yelich. We talked about out here struggling. They're striking out a ton too. They are striking out a ton. So he's probably he's probably going to go four innings, eight strikeouts, or something like that. But I, I totally get not not starting him, and that's that's how I would play it personally. Um, you know, some of you folks maybe in like head-to-head points leagues, if you don't mind using a start, if you have starts limits. You can do it just to see. I uh, can probably squeeze double-digit points out of him, even if he only goes, you know, five, four innings, like I'm saying. But yeah, let's let's wait and see on Lamette. We will actually uh, definitely talk about his start on Thursday for more there. But he is back. Um, Lucas Giolito, not a morning person, and you know that was kind of like the obvious like joke takeaway. But then did you see that there's a tweet from the guy from a. Um, from one of the beat writers, Daryl Van Schoen, Schoen, who literally highlighted how he's not a morning person yesterday morning. Yeah, but he and, did it an hour into the start. 
Oh, okay. Well, so, then, like, people are like, oh, look, this, you know, he's really not a... No, he, I mean, he did it an hour of the start when he'd already been blown up. Um, like, and, like, I'm not a morning person either. And, uh, like, so, like, I wouldn't want to... Why would you start him? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, LaRusso is just going to LaRusso, right? Just, I mean, I just feel like you can protect your guy a little bit there. I understand, you know, you go when it's your turn and all that. Like, uh, you know... I, I don't want people to be like, oh, special treatment. He has to go. He has to figure it out. It's like, yeah, he should probably figure it out. But, like, if you're just not a morning person, you're going to give him that early of a start when pitchers, especially baseball players in general, pitchers especially, are such creatures of habit. I did mm-hmm. think he posted it before. Are you sure the game was going? It was 8.52 in the morning that he posted it. Oh, you know what? I was thinking 8.52 in the morning my time. But he was no, probably no, 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 East no. Coast, huh? No, no, no. This guy, this guy was on it. Daryl Van okay. Lucas Giolito is one of those I'm not a morning person people. He's that guy in spring training, hair askew, eyes half shut, coffee in hand, walking through the clubhouse at 8.30. Kind of funny that he's the one getting the ball for an 11 a.m. Boston time start. He nailed it. Yeah. Now, he was he was 100% on it saying like – I mean I know he's our ace. Uh, I'm sure he doesn't say we because while he does write for them, they, they try to keep that separation. But he's like – why are we going with this guy? This is probably not the best guy to do it. And he gets pummeled. And I, I don't know. I think that's enough for me to be like, I take really no stock in this other than the fact that, Hey, you got to take the beating and eat it. And he has to work it off for like the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. But I'm not worried about him. Otherwise, I just think that he tried to, he tried to do something that he's not accustomed to doing as far as being a morning person. And he got blitzed by arguably the best uh, lineup going right now in Boston. Yeah, I mean, Boston has just been absolutely uh, on fire. I mean, I think they lead the league in WRC plus. They do uh, right now. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he just he ran into a team that is just hitting really, really uh, well right now uh, when he was clearly not on his game. Uh, I'm I'm not worried about this at all. Uh-huh. No, there's nothing actionable. There's nothing to worry about. I just want to bring it up because of the morning person thing and how that guy nailed it. Um, you know, based on his experience with Lucas, he wasn't like crapping on him. He's just like, Hey, this is interesting. Cause my dude is not a morning guy. And I'm sure Lucas, you know, he, he's on Twitch and he, he does a lot of social media stuff where he talks openly. I'm sure he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be up that early pitching, let alone even being awake. Well, especially because, so, I mean, you got to be up earlier to get through, go through your, your daily routine. Exactly. Routines, like, so you got to be probably, up at like 530, 6 o'clock, I would yeah. think, for, for an 11 a.m. start based on how players have their whole ass routines. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's just, just a bump in the road. Most pitchers are going to have this kind of start. And by the end, I mean, we, we saw it last year with Kyle Hendricks, right? He got blown up in his first start, and then yep. he still posted a sub-3 RA for the year. So, And that was in a 60-game season. Giolito's no, going to be uh, fine. Giolito did the same thing last year, oh, by the way. It, there you go. Yeah. yeah, so you don't even have to go to anybody else. Just go to Giolito's 20, and his very first start, he gave up seven earned in three and two-thirds. So he got, he got through more there, but still, he had a 17-18 ERA after his first start and put up a 275 the rest of the way. Honestly, I would knock on some doors on this uh, in trade leagues just to see. If I can get him at market price, I would probably take it. But if I get any discount, I would take it because I have literally zero concern about this Giolito blow-up. Yeah, I completely agree. One side note on that, man. I know you probably have these too, but J.D. Martinez is one of my biggest fantasy bummers. Not that I thought he'd be this great, but I thought he'd get back. I wrote him up when I was writing about 2020 flops and how they're going to return. I was like, I think when he gets the video back, he's going to be fine. I like him. Why don't you have him anywhere then, Paul? Two words. (laughs) Shohei Otani. Oh, see, my my two words are Nelson Cruz. Yeah, and I think both of our two words are are perfectly fair. And so – and. Again, I don't bring this up to be like, I I, I deserve credit on JD. I, I don't have him anywhere. I don't deserve anything. I'm mad at myself that like I was so one track on Shohei. Maybe I should have split the uh split the risk a little bit at, at utility there, but I just was so interested in getting Shohei in a lot of leagues that I kind of put the the DH only pool to the side, respecting that Cruz, Alvarez, Martinez, Stanton, and even Franmil, I'm a big Franmil guy, all five of them are super viable. I was I would have been in on any of them, but I was always waiting to get Shohei. And then if I couldn't get him, the only one who was usually available was maybe Reyes, um, if, if that. Otherwise, 
the other guys were go gone. Like they went much earlier. So that's just a little side note there that J JD's out of his mind. He's back to like best hitter in the league level. And I'm super happy about it, even though I'm not benefiting from it in any fantasy league. Do you have any players like that this year that like you like them, you respect what they did, but you just didn't have them in the game plan because of other things? I know I'm putting you on the spot with that, but if, if you don't have anybody, that's fine. I mean, it, it, it's all the guys you were just talking about. It was all the util only guys because I got so many shares of Nelson Cruz. I got Nelson Which Cruz in I love 10 of my 29 leagues. So, yeah. Um, and I mean, so I got some shares of Stanton. I got some shares of Fran Mill. I got uh, a few shares of, of JD as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, those were the ones that, uh, that I missed out on the most because you can't then go draft. Like I you have, just can't. can't, I have one league where I've got both Nelson Cruz and JD Martinez, uh, because it was a three sport league. We drafted like at the be Oh God, it must back when JD probably still had outfield, right? Yeah, and I think it might have even been before the start of the season last year, um, because we had to draft for football this, you know, the, mm -hmm. the past season. So, um, and I was like, oh, you know, and I got them both super late, uh, and like it's been just an absolute nightmare figuring out which one. Yeah, because well, they're both out of their minds. Yeah, yeah you you have. Uh, only minimal regret if that about the cruise shares because he's every bit as good as JD yeah. right now. I just, but I'm seeing him, him just every night. He seems like, I mean, he has six homers, he's not getting one every night, but he's doing something every night. Yeah. He has 23 hits already, seven doubles, six homers, 20 and ribs. A, and a lot of us missed out on, you know, one of those multi homer games because of the COVID thing, right? Like he yep. got put on the COVID IL and then got activated the next day. And like I missed out on, uh, in in one league, uh, you know, on that goodness because I thought he was going to be on the I, the IL for at least the weekend. Um, Dude, trying to be cautious about some of these players uh, when they get a suitcase next to them, which is the little indicator on NFBC, has really burnt me. In one league, I missed four of Ramon Laureano's steals. Do you know how painful that is, Justin? Yeah. yeah. It hurts so badly just watching those in my. Not, you know, stats not accumulated on your team pile. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Dude. Yeah, I don't look at that. <laughs> it's, it's, it is pain because he was hurt and I was trying to be proactive and be like, I don't want to take a zero. OK, then how about you miss 412 steals? So annoying. So annoying. Anyway, uh, last bit today. Mauricio Dubon has not started since April 12th. He is seemingly being phased out of the lineup. I looked it up there. I don't see any injury. You're, you're a Giants fan. There's no injury, right? He is being phased out because of performance, right? I think per, his own performance and the performance of other of members Slater. of yeah. the team. Um, Slater in particular because yeah. Slater's absolutely out of his mind lately. Um, his, his composite numbers might not make you go crazy there for Slater, but look what he's been doing very recently. He's just been uh, on fire the last like handful of games moving his OPS up from 544 to 774 in the span of just six games because of an 1143 uh, OPS run. And they're just other guys, and they're platooning everything too. Like Y'all are moving so many parts in and out, but Lestella's playing well, Longoria, Slater. Uh, we mentioned Solano and Dubon. I mean, he literally has a 317 OPS, which obviously he's not going to stay that poor, but – they're not really going to give him much time to work out of it because they they're trying to win ball games. What do you think of Mauricio Dubon? And dare I say, can he be cut in ten and twelve teamers? Yeah, he should be cut in ten and twelve teamers. Um, and I honestly, I mean, obviously in fifteen teamers, it's a little bit more difficult, especially because he is multi positional eligible, uh, and so you like having that flexibility, especially with all the injury and COVID issues we've been having. It's yeah. nice to have those guys who can play a lot of different spots for you. But, the, but he doesn't play. Yeah, I was about to say the operative word right there is play. <laughs> uh, and he's not playing. And this was my main concern uh, coming into the season with Dubon. Uh, a lot, there were a lot of smart people in the industry that really liked him. Uh, and his price got pushed up at times throughout draft season. But having watched him play now for you know the last few seasons uh, in, in San Francisco, I think he is a fourth outfielder. Like I just that that's who he is, mm -hmm. um, and so I think this is what his 
season is going to look like. It's going to be disjointed playing time. You're going to look at like the amount of games he's played and be like, oh, he's played in 13 games. And then you go look at the game log and you realize that, you know, four of those 13 uh, or five of those 13 were like pinch hit. Six of those 13 were pinch hit um, or pinch oh. running opportunities. Like, it, you know, he came in late as a defensive replacement or as a pinch hitter. Or a pinch mm-hmm. runner, and yeah, I, I don't think he's gonna have enough playing time to matter. That's that's my concern right now with Devon. And like I said, I think I'm cutting him. I'm probably even cutting him at 15 teamers right now. Um, you know, it, things are a bit sparse on the wire, especially in the outfield. But he's doing nothing. And even like last year, you know, he had a sub 400 slug. So and he was two for five on the bases. I you know. It's only 13 games. I don't want to go too far and then have him surge. And then I'm like looking stupid for even critiquing him. But I was, I don't know. I I, I just, I wasn't sure I saw it even before the season started. And obviously now with the playing time being lost because of how brutal he's been, I'm not really there. So I, I would cut him in, in just about any league except for NL only, I think because of the multiple position eligibility, the fact that they'll probably still give him the ability to work out of at least a little bit. I think NL only, you can still keep him. But every other format, I think Dubon is gone for me. Yeah. I mean, he needs an injury um, in order to get to get the, the everyday time yeah. back. Yep. Yeah. But even with Listella having missed a lot of time this year, he still wasn't playing regularly. Nope. Nope. And it's, it's the struggles. I mean, he has a minus 15 WRC plus. I don't think that's good. That's my, that's my professional opinion, Justin. This is why you're the best in business. Thank you, dude. I mean, I listen. I I labor over these mm-hmm. takes, and I have to formulate them. And I'm sitting here do, crunching the numbers, and I saw minus fifteen, and my verdict after really studying it, not good. So those are hard hitting news that you come here for, and uh, that's going to wrap us up. That big big bomb that I just dropped there, that minus fifteen WRC plus, bad. Um, Justin, we'll talk more on Thursday. We'll get into that Lamette start. Hopefully we don't have too much injury news to talk about, but it was great speaking with you and I'll talk to you in a couple days. Take it easy.